Yes, Father God, we thank you that the war is yours. You, The battle is yours. Uh, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared even right now in heaven. I thank you for giving us the keys of the kingdom. You said whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Help us not to grow weary in well-doing. Father God, and for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. And we know there's a lot of people out there right now fainting, giving up, being swallowed up by uh, despair, disappointments, expectations that have failed and fallen through. So, Father God, revive us again in the midst of this mess. Revive your ch- your church, the remnant. Bring us up out of the, the, the lethargy, out of the apathy, out of the indifference, out of the demonic oppression. Bring us up, Father God, and make us that glorious church without spot or wrinkle, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well... <laughs> Expectations. Every one of us have expectations. Yeah, that's a scary, that's a thing. We want to talk about that. When you have expectations, a lot of times if your expectations are met, it's like, yay, yay, this is wonderful. But if they're not met, well, then there's disappointment, misunderstanding, a lot of things that can be happening in our hearts. Well, you know, expectations are... um kind of a setup in a way. You're looking for something to happen, expecting it to happen, working towards a goal, working and, and thinking. And, and But we know that in this world, everything gets you know interfered with by confusion or stopped or blocked or whatever. And so disappointments then become almost the mainstay. We've kind of settled down into a, oh, well, we'll settle for this. Well, that's not going to happen. That goal didn't, that didn't work. So we get into this place of, and you know what? Suffering much of suffering is coming through disappointments, lack of loss of expectation, loss of hope. And I think, Jerry, you've got a really good verse there for this. Yeah, it's uh, in Luke chapter 24, verse 21, the disciples that were on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they didn't know he'd been risen from the dead, okay? Uh, Verse 21 says, but we were hoping you know, Jesus kind of joins them in walking, and they didn't realize it was Jesus. They thought it was, didn't know who it was. And they said, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. So our Savior, the one who we believed was our Savior, all of a sudden he's been crucified, he's, he's dead, and it's been you know, three days yeah. now, and after you know, three days, it's it's over, and they didn't yet know or hear the good news, and those who heard it hadn't even really believed it at this point yet. But um, what what is the dictionary definition of expectation? Well, well, we expectation it, it it's uh, like a strong belief that something will happen mm-hmm. or be be the case in the future. It's something that we hope or or long for. So it, yes, there's a lot of different levels of expectation. Well, wait, just okay. before you go to the next level, can I say this? How much our Christian faith is based on expectation. It's based on faith. It's based on hope of the future, the, the promise of salvation, the promises of healing, and all those other things that go forward. It's like that's the foundation 
of our hope and faith is that expectation of the promises, God keeping his promises. Well, it's, it's a foundation for all of life. I mean, people need to have expectations, need to have uh, hopes, dreams. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different levels or degrees of expectations in our lives. So those of us that have, you know, jobs, they're, they're, we see their job descriptions, which gives us the requirements, qualifications, duties, mm-hmm. stuff like that, contracts. There's there's a lease. If you buy a piece of property, there's a, 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 a expectation. Expectation. Uh-huh. There's a, um, all that. Rules, too. Yeah, you have rules, guidelines, uh, purchase agreements, uh, product reviews. You know, sometimes we buy something online and then they send you a survey. And after you've gotten yeah, it, right. did, did the product it, yeah. you purchased meet, meet your, your expectations? expectations. Right. And so, but so a lot of times we, we think, th- you know, things can be really hard in life. But things, sometimes they get harder or different. Mm-hmm. Than the way they go we differently, expect. yeah. Exactly. And it, it's like a, you know, it's like the old saying. It's I guess it's pretty trite almost now, but I'll use it anyway. Uh, it's like life is what happens while you're make busy making other plans. Yeah, exactly. We have an idea of how things should be, and then like a lot of well, us, we could probably look at our lives right now. We think if we had no idea we had to go through what we've gone through or doing yeah, what we're doing now. It, it was like it's been all kind of uh, diverted. Yeah, it's like, like, like we've been set up by God to go a different direction. And, and you know, I think we think, well, you know, if I'm going to follow the Lord, it's going to kind of look like this and it should go like that. But you know what? God is so unconventional. He just, you know, like even at the Red Sea, he's not going to do things the way we think he should. We're not going to be able to put him in our little box and limit him. So I think the thing is to understand that you're walking, <clears throat> you're walking in the spirit with God. And that's where we go. We have to trust him that even though it doesn't look like what we thought and we're getting disappointed. And how many people, let's go back to the real point of expecting things like miracles or deliverances or uh, a salvation of a loved one. You know, you pray, you, you healing. I mean, all of these things are temptations to really lose heart. Yeah. Even like in relationships, you know, some people think, well, you know, uh, this this lady, oh, I want to marry her. She's going to make me happy. I'm going to marry him. He's going to make me happy. So we have, you know, children have expectations from their parents. Um, friendships, there's there's expectations there. Well, and, and it's like, you know, but a lot of times these things just don't work out. Well, lots life. of times I don't think we're walking in the spirit. I think we're walking in everybody else's counsel, our minds, our souls, trying to figure things out. We go to school, get a good education. Now I'm expecting to get a great job. Well, Jerry and I, when we went to college back in the day, we ended up not getting good jobs at all from our liberal arts educations, which we had to pay for. And it was just a big setup. It was a big hoax. And it still kind of is. People go there thinking, well, this is the magic ticket. If I do this, this, and this, go to school, get this degree, da-da-da, then I'm going to get a really good paying job and I'm going to live happily ever after. But the problem is, by the time you get to that place, probably everything's changed and those jobs are already filled and they don't need that kind of person and, and skill anymore. So the thing is, we really need to learn to walk in the spirit because otherwise we're going to do a lot of suffering. And and then when you, you here's the problem, Jerry, when you get your expectations get defeated, dashed, disappointed, what is our, what are the next temptations? What's the next temptation when things didn't go the way you wanted it to go? Well, there's disappointment. 
Yeah, what, we, yeah, what, we, what goes then? What comes after disappointment? Well, you know, You've, we think this is not what I bargained for. And, and disappointments can lead to sadness and anger, uh, unforgiveness, well, bitterness. Yes, bitterness. Complacency, cynicism, discouragement, defeat, depression, yeah, hopelessness, yeah. Oh. even suicide. All these Even terrible. suicide. Okay, we, we, so, we're so disappointed. <clears throat> that people can get to the point where they will uh, choose to end their lives. Well, I think this is where we're at in a lot of people's lives because they've been set up set up to expect things and then the things didn't happen and they're disappointed. And so we have to learn to allow the Lord God to comfort us in those disappointments. Another thing when Pete when we're disappointed, like say you put your expectation in God and or you know you believe that you're giving God your life and you're going to serve him with all your heart and blah 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 and nothing works out and you look at Paul's life he gave his heart to God he was you know the the Damascus experience he's on he's seeing this powerful expo- explosion of God in his life and then he tries to bring that to the people the gentiles and even the Jews and whatnot. and all they do basically is run him out of town chase him kill him try to stone him you know all these things. they don't want it so the disappointment could be like, I, you know, how many people regret their life because the, it didn't fulfill their expectations. They feel like a failure. They feel like, you know, God didn't hear them or God doesn't care about them. This is seriously scary uh, stuff. These are huge temptations. You know, a lot of us don't necessarily, some do, I'm not saying they don't, but a lot of us don't get tempted to do drugs or rob a bank, but we really get tempted in our souls to become discouraged, um, sad, resenting God, et cetera, et cetera. And so how do you pull out of that? Several years ago, there was a phrase going around in Christian circles. It was expect a miracle. You'd see these little name tags or signs, expect a miracle. But what if the miracle doesn't come? You know, let's let's look at this. We you might uh, pray very earnestly for someone to be healed and they die. Uh, we believe for the healing of a marriage uh, and then the divorce goes through. We pray and work hard to see uh, our church grow. And, and it, it seems like yeah. it's stalled out mm-hmm. and even shrinking the more we pray. So some of us, you know, these have, are real have, things, yeah. We have a great call to ministry, but after year after year, it seems like we get shoved in a corner or stuck in a corner. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the more we fast and pray for breakthroughs, the more the forces of darkness seem to be just Coming pounding us. at yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So this is... So what are, do you do? What do you do? Here's what I say. I say, you know, God is training us up to uh, earnestly covet the gifts, like uh, wisdom and faith and miracles and whatnot. And so I don't know what earnestly coveting looks like, but I think that's what the Bible says. So that means you really want it bad. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm what I'm going to do now from now on, you know, I mean, all these fiery trials with believing God for everybody else or myself or disappointments and, and all this stuff. I'm going to just stop looking at that. And I say, you know what? The process is what God's about. He is about refining me, refining my faith, defining me. And I go back to the promise that God cannot lie. And the second promise is, All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I'm not going to put myself in a position or be pushed into a position where I start to judge God. 
you know, God, I did all this stuff. Paul didn't, didn't judge God. He says, he says he's, he's finished the race. He's kept the faith. He's, he's happy that he just was able to kept, keep the faith and finish the race and that he not yet had obtained, but he was, you know, willing to enter into the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. And I'm not saying, you know, we put ourselves in a place of suffering. That just is where we get ended up in when we're being persecuted for righteousness sake. So the temptation is, can you stay in love with Jesus? Can you know that Jesus is there with you and loves you in the midst of what you're so tempted to throw in the towel, get mad, get bitter, give up on God, you know, and walk away? Because you know what? That is the trial. We're in trials here. We're not in, you're not, we're not still, we're not in heaven yet where everything hopefully will go way, way better than it is here. And so, you know, while we're waiting, there's a lot of waiting. Uh, someone said patience is a virtue that carries a lot of weight, W-A-I-T. <laughs> Indeed. So how much time do we spend waiting, not just waiting in line or waiting on the phone or stuff like that, but just waiting for the Lord? Uh-huh. We, have, we, we patiently wait. And here's another thing. We can be patiently waiting. We're waiting, waiting, but we can have a really bad attitude. Or we about can be it. doing nothing while we're waiting. Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah. And there's a song that goes something like, "Let's worship while we're waiting." And but you can be patient with a bad attitude. You can be patient with rejoicing and thanksgiving and thanksgiving mm-hmm. to, unto the Lord. So, um, you know, and a lot of times we have a lot of misconceptions of what our lives should be like. Exactly. And what, what God should be doing? Well, if you look at the guy, look at Abraham, for example. God really nailed down some promises for him. You know, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be the father of many nations. You know, count those stars out there, and that's how many descendants you're going to have. And you're going to have all this land out here. And so then, Abraham continued to wander, you know, in his tents with his flocks, with his little tiny household, whatever, a few servants, a few sheep, or whatever. And wandered, wandered, wandered until, you know, finally, finally, after all this breakthrough, I mean, being threatened and somebody else trying to steal his wife and all these other things, he finally got to the place where God gave him the the, the, the answer to his prayer. But he did not waver. Um, it, God says he didn't waver, even though we saw he did waver when he called forth Ishmael and Hagar and got all that stuff going on. But the thing is, um, you know, he could have said, well, where's my promise, God? Where's my land? Where's my kids? Where's my this? Where's my... And you know what? It, it, it said after a while in Hebrews that Abraham, he, he was looking for a better place, a better city, a city whose foundation was God. And so he, he walked it through here. He didn't finish. <clears throat> he didn't finish defeated, but he didn't finish completed either. He didn't finish com- the, the promise to Abraham was to many generations. He just was the first guy. He was the first domino, but there was many more to come. So, you know, your life, you know, is not finished when you die. It's not finished even if you think it's finished and you're done with it. There's people behind you, your generations to come. There's a call upon your your generation even to complete the work that God has begun. And that's what was for Abraham. So you can't see always all of it in our lifetime. We can't see the, the finished, completed work of God. Right. and it's uh, bigger than us. Right. And Abraham, you know, waited. The promise of God, he waited 25 years about before Isaac was born, the promised son. He tried to take things into his own hands for a while by, uh, you know, um, taking Hagar and yes. the servant uh, lady, girl, uh, to, be, to try to produce a son. 
and they did produce a son, but it wasn't the son of the promise. But there was a lot of waiting. And he said, you know, I don't have any kids. Lord, you know, afterwards, he's mm. waited quite a few years, I think yeah. about 13, some promise, 13 years. Yeah. He says, okay, where are these kids? Uh, and, and he said, you're going to be not only a father. Abram means exalted father, and Abraham means father of a multitude. So finally he gets to have uh, one, the son of promise, Isaac. And and so there was a lot of, of, of waiting, questioning. Sarah, his wife, um, was questioning, even laughing, said, how's it going to be? You know, I'm, I'm going to be a father at the age of 100, and, and she's going to be a mother at the age of about 90. Uh, it, but they they kept going. I mean, there were, there were, he didn't know how long it was going to be, but he just kept waiting and he kept believing. Well, and, that was his faith. He was being tested in his faith. That was what God was really after. He wasn't, you know, God wasn't worried that he wasn't going to be able to complete the promise. God was never worried about that. What he wanted and what Satan was trying to do at the same time, that God is promising this to Abraham or, or Jeremiah or whoever it was, there was a constant uh, taking down, tearing down, attacking uh, the promises in the mind of Abraham or in the mind of, in our minds. Yeah, and, and, and how do we handle that? Yeah, and Moses, of course, God says, you know, he speaks, God speaks to him out of the burning bush. He's out there in the backside of the desert. You're going to be the deliverer mm-hmm. of Israel and he goes back and talks to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And things just get worse yeah, and worse yeah, and worse yeah. and worse. More and more oppression. It's like, okay, I'm re- here to bring release to the nation of Israel. And it's getting, I'm just getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And even the people didn't even, they got mad at him too for trying to, help you know, them. trying to help him. Yeah. So, but, uh, so the expectations were, um, were different there. And then, of course, God brought out Israel with power. He, he did it exactly how he said he was going to do it. He didn't say the part about the Red Sea, but God, they certainly didn't expect the Red Sea to open up. But Moses yeah, was obedient was, to the Lord, stretches yeah. out his, his rod, his shepherd's rod, mm-hmm. and the sea opens up. And of course, yeah. Israel goes through, and the Egyptians are drowned. Well, you know, that's kind of like, when. where's that verse where it says, he will do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask, think, or imagine. Yeah, so they, they were ever, I'm sure that when they were in front of Pharaoh, it not did not cross one of their minds that this would be a deliverance through the Red Sea. I'm sure they did not believe or think or even could even comprehend that would be their way of escape through the sea. I mean, there was plenty of paths and trails through the, the desert that I'm sure they were thinking of planning to take. But here God has a totally different plan. And wow, then when God drags, draws, directs, whatever you want to call Moses up into that that uh, that hairpin uh, uh, trap, you know, at Pahiras. Box Canyon. Yeah, the, there you go. Almost That's a good. Like, almost like a box canyon. And then on the cross on the other side of the, of the, the, the sea is... The uh the uh uh Baal, Baal no yeah Baal uh uh Zeblon Zebon uh, whatever um Zephon there it is Zephon and he is the god that was running Egypt I mean he is the he, and so here we have it looks like it's gonna be a human sacrifice of three a million two million people at the base camp of where this god resides 
between the Tower of Migdal and Pahirath. And so that was a trap. And mm. people were upset. And, you know, Moses was really pushed to the, to the limit right there. But what could he do? He said, God says, stand still and see the salvation that you will not need to fight in this battle. And I think part of the problem for us, expectations and disappointments, is we always think we have to do something. We have to try harder. We have to pray more. We have to fast more. We have to, you know, try another angle, you know, whatever. We just are always tempted in our minds to do something different, do something more, to get God to do something. We're trying to get God to do something. Why don't we stop doing that? Why don't we just say, you know, what are you doing, God? You know, um, here he says in uh, Psalm 62, he says, um, verse one, truly my soul silently wait for God, for he, him, for from him comes my salvation. He is my rock, my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And then he says, um, my soul, verse five, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Yes. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust in him. I love this. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Can we not do that? In the middle of your testing, in the middle of your waiting, in the middle of your disappointment, in the middle of everything, can you not pour out your complaint to God? He says, yeah, go ahead. I invite you. Pour out your complaint before me. Trust me. Wait for me. Wait upon me. Um, and, and your heart will be, pour out your heart before him. That's what he wants. God wants to walk with us through these trials. He's not here to see if we can do it. You know, if I got enough strength, enough faith. and You know, God already knows how much faith we have. And basically, all we need is one little grain of mustard seed and he will move the mountain for us. I can't move any mountains. I can't change much of anything. I can decide, though, how what kind of an attitude I'm going to have in this fiery trial. That's really all I have control over. Yeah, and then there's an example of Jeremiah, too. I mean, there's, the Bible's full of examples of people who had expectations, and they were just kind of really kind of put through the ringer as far as their expectations were concerned. Oh, because yeah. Jeremiah, God told him right from the beginning, he says, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. And then he said, basically in the early chapters, there, he said, okay, you're going to speak, and they're not going to listen to you. You're going to prophesy for years and years and years and years, calling people to repentance, and they're not going to repent. Wow. Uh, so it's like, okay, He's already pr oh, pronounced doom on him. All right, it's like, okay, so why do I even bother? Mm -hmm, exactly. But, but he, he preached, he was faithful. Finally, God said, he gets before God in Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 7 through 11. He's talking basically to the Lord. He said, listen, okay, you told me this is going to be bad, but it's worse than I thought. And, and he says, I, <clears throat> I, I'm just going to just cash in here. I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. Forget this. Be done. Yeah. It, it, every time I speak, they just, they're coming at, against me. You know, they came to the place where they threw him in a mud pit. They they went after him every possible way. But then he said, you know, Lord, he says, okay, I'm, I was going to quit. He basically signs his resignation form, but then he realizes, his, hey, I can't stop because your word, Lord, is in is like is in my heart, and it's like a fire shut up with within my bones. So, um, he kept going, yeah. Even though the you know he knew it was going to be tough, but, but it was tougher than what he thought. Uh huh. Uh, his ex 
it was tougher than what well, he expected, but he kept going. He kept moving forward. He kept ministering the word. And even after uh, Israel, uh, was the, the people, nation of uh, Israel was brought into captivity, he still kept ministering to them when they were in, in right. Babylon. But uh, you know what? How many Jeremiahs do we have listening to Judah, us right I guess now? It was the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. But how many Jeremiahs do we have right now? We just, oh, that's Jeremiah. Oh, that's Moses. Oh, that was Abraham. Oh, that's some special person that just had some real special super God powers and they were just perfect and they just were able to overcome everything and they never had any flaws and they never had any battles and they never, you know, gave up on God. But you know what? You're probably that Jeremiah. You've probably got people out there you're trying to reach and they're not listening. And they even badmouth you or they even discount you. And, you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We don't know yet how this, I mean, we do know how this is all going to end. Yes, of course we do. We have lots of information given to us in the book of Revelation, Daniel, First and Second Thessalonians, all this kind of stuff is happening. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And we're seeing it starting to shake now. But we are not going to be able to predict how God is going to do his part. We know what the devil's basically going to do, and we, we see what he's doing. He's killing people. He's destroying our DNA. He's trying to you know, snuff out the image of God from off the face of the earth by killing human beings. That's what the devil does. He does it in every which way he can think of it. And so we kind of got him figured out. But we don't really know yet, I mean, how God might might act in these last days. We have prophets saying this. We have prophets saying the opposite. We have all kinds of, and maybe they're all saying the same thing, but just different parts of the same thing. You know, like an elephant, you know, one's describing the tail, one's describing the trunk, and it's the same elephant, but it looks different to everybody. We don't know. You know, and yet the problem with the prophets is that a prophet tells you something that's going to happen, hasn't happened yet, and so you can't tell if he's a prophet until you see if it happens. And then, of course, with Isaiah, he would have been considered a false prophet because he prophesied something that didn't happen for 600 years. And a lot of what Isaiah prophesied still has not happened. Yeah, wow. He was certainly a true prophet. Yeah. But uh, if we, again, you mentioned earlier, Marjorie, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, um, and I want to read that from the Amplified Bible. Mm -hmm. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. So this is, he's able to do things Exceedingly abundantly way beyond, beyond our yep. expectations, yep. Mm-hmm. infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dr- or dreams. To him be glory in the church, Forever and, and ever. in Jesus Christ, throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen, so be it. Wait, 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 wait. We can't, go. we have to stop there for a second. Okay, so exceedingly abundant. God is going to be God. He's not limited by our limitations of him or our expectations or our, you know, you know, we're ratcheting down our expectation of God because this didn't happen. Maybe I should have done something different. We're going to see God do the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. He says, eye is not seen, nor ear is not heard. Neither is entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And this is not, this is going to, you know, this is not disappointment. This is con- conclusion. This is the fulfillment. But right now, we're in the, the valley of tears. We're in the place of weeping. We're in the place of shaking. We're in the place of everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And we see it literally, and we see it financially. We see it emotionally. We see it f- physically. But those who know their God will do exploits. And what does it mean to know your God? To know that God is good all the time and that God is God all the time. And he's going to do what he says. Corey Ten Boom uh, said this. 
many years ago. When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. <laughs> you sit still and trust the engineer. Engineer, yeah. And so we have to keep in mind, too, that uh, he, he says, God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts yes. of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This Amen. is the promise for those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. And um, and then Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, the first part of that verse, he has made everything beautiful, beautiful. in its time. And in Romans, he says, you know, and that there's a very interesting um, reference, Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That means everything works together for good. But look at what else he says. He goes on to say, um, uh, what shall we say then to these things? Verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, what is the devil trying to tell tell us? God isn't care. God is not there. God is not for us. God's still mad at us. We still didn't do it quite right. That's what the devil says. He who did not spare his own son. Now, he's making a point who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who's going who's gonna to lay a claim and press the charge against us? Of course, the devil will. We know that. But it is God who justifies. In the court of God, God knows what's going on, and he's got Jesus Christ as the faithful witness. So your case is secure because the Lord knows who you are. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Don't you think that when you're going through that disappointment, that tears, those, that brokenness, that... that Dashed expectations. Yeah, exactly. That the, the Lord God is making an intercession for us, making us to be able to stand. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? Here, listen to this. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Well, that's the, that's par for the course. That's what we're to expect, that we're going to be killed all day long, attacked with confusion, discouragement, and destruction uh, from the enemy's point of view. We're attacked, counted as sheep for the slaughter. But yet, verse 37, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror through him who loves us. We are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded, he says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing, created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The only thing I've ever noticed that's not in that list is the lies. When you believe the lies, get hooked on the lies, bite into the lies, feed on the lies, and let the lies you know, ruminate in your mind and heart, that's when we can be discouraged and pulled down from the truth of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. Well, we're expecting you, Lord, to you fulfill your word. Amen. You do fulfill your word. And even though there are things that we go through that we do not understand, where expectations, hopes, and dreams seem to be smashed, but, Lord, we trust you because you are working out a wonderful purpose. That everything that, you know, even, you know, things that appear to be failures and frustrations, things that just seemed like they didn't turn out, and and you did things so differently, yeah. Lord, than what we ever would imagine. We still trust you because as for God, his way is perfect. Mm-hmm. You have a perfect plan that we don't understand. Your ways are not our, our ways. And, and Lord, the times that we will rejoice in time to come as we see 
Lord, you're weaving something that is so beautiful. It's a masterpiece uh, Mm. in our lives, a masterpiece of your grace and your glory. And when we can look back, when we get through further along, we'll know all about it. We'll understand why. So we trust you, Lord, and, and we will see your glory. And when we look at it, we say, oh, my Lord, you did it so much more beautiful than anything I would ever expect. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us for judging you, for being impatient with you, for trying to manipulate situations to go direct things our way, to can take control of things, um, and to get, become bitter and resentful and, and, and pout uh, and murmur uh, and, and allow these murmurings to keep going, circula- circulating round and round in our heads. We ask you to forgive us, Lord. We take every thought captive and make it subject to the obedience of Christ, that we will be vessels filled with joy and rejoicing and trusting in God, in the goodness of God, and not feeling compromised in the goodness of God or that God doesn't fulfill his word and promise. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world, and we have our faith in you, Lord God. So bless us and encourage us. And to, to now, right now, you can check out liferecovery.com. And I would suggest that you check out our new, um, it's not new actually, but it's not something we haven't talked about, our case uh, for righteousness. It's a manual, it's a Bible study, and it's very profound. It starts with that brokenness where we are and that disappointments in our lives, addictions, da-da-da, and ends up helping us to find and get to the root of the lies. It's a, it's a whole process. Each, each page, a case for righteousness, each page is a, is a daily Bible study or devotional. We would love you to do that, and we also ask you to rate and, and uh, respond to the, the Rescue Radio. Give us a rating. Help us to push ourselves up a little bit beyond um, be, the the category of unknown and get these good words out. And some of you really enjoy the show. You've told me personally. Now just kind of put that out in paper and we'll be good to go. So God bless you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.